the sports pen with you here in ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, and delighted to have you along as always this Friday afternoon. A very snowy Friday for the month of May, but we can expect nothing less in our ever-changing world. We can expect, however, Ryan Stieg with us on Fridays, and today is no different. What's up, Ryan? Not much. Uh, a little disappointing to see snow last night. Like I was uh, saying to you, uh, I went for my walk yesterday. I tried to go for a walk every day, and as I was coming back into my apartment complex, the snow started to fall, and I was like, I kind of put a downer. <laughs> <laughs> we are in the midst of a global pandemic. Uh, there are murder hornets that are apparently in the country, and on top of that, it snows. It snows in May. What you know, I I've had it snow in April in the UP, but this might be the latest it's gone. So. <laughs> May 8th, and there's snow on the ground. It started last night, and I think it's supposed to continue through today. I haven't checked uh, what it's doing or what it's supposed to be doing, really. But either or, uh, that doesn't stop the sports pen. We got something to talk about, and actually, we got a lot to talk about. Schedule releases for both Northern Michigan Hockey and the NFL there were some changes made by the MHSAA they announced earlier today, and I've got to say there's some welcome changes. Of course, the Friday funnies, all that and more coming up over the course of the next hour. Ryan, of course, is the beat writer for the Northern Michigan hockey team. The schedule dropped on Wednesday. Your overall thoughts on the schedule, Ryan, what did you take away from that? Uh, uh, well, the first thing, I was a little surprised they decided to release the schedule when they hadn't technically finished yet. <laughs> Um, you see that big gaping hole opening weekend where it says uh, at non-conference opponents. So uh, we're all kind of playing the guessing game on what that might be. Uh, from what I've gathered, it's apparently a um, – wasn't able to de uh, determine the team yet, but apparently it's a team that NMU fans are very familiar with, and people should get really excited about that. And there might even be a series involved in this. So it might not just be a one-year thing. So – um, the first team that I thought may, might come to mind is maybe one of the Big Ten teams, uh, maybe Michigan, Michigan or Michigan State. Um, maybe uh, I, 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 those are the ones I can think of, or maybe Wisconsin. You know, if that would be the case. Um, it just uh, it's it's a big guess on who it's going to be. Uh, I know they're still trying to work out the details on one. It'll actually happen. I was told that it could have been later Wednesday, could have been by the end of the week, could be by the end of next week. So it's basically a gigantic mystery right now on who it's going to be. So, um, But I'm thinking it's probably going to be one of the Big Ten teams. Uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, opening up the home opener with Boston University, that's going to be kind of fun. Um, you know, let's see, uh, they're going to try to honor the anniversary of the 91 championship game, which happened against Boston University. They're going to have that ceremony. They're, um, I don't know if they're going to bring a lot of players back or something like that for that, but uh, there's going to be some hoopla involved in that, which would be kind of cool. And uh, Boston's, you know, a consistently decent program, so I think fans will probably be getting up for that. And uh, NME played very well against Boston last year, so uh, that should be a fun series. I tell you what, travel is not too bad this year. I pointed that out on the show yesterday, but only one trip to Alaska, and you get that out of the way in October, and you don't have to go to Huntsville. So travel, I know that was an issue for the team last year. I think at some points Grant touched on that, but this year it's not too bad. No, uh, only going to Alaska once, that's always a good thing. Um, you don't have the grueling back-to-back -back trip that can just suck the life out of a lot of teams. Um this year, also not going to Huntsville. Uh, NMU always, Huntsville always gives NMU fits, especially in Huntsville. And I'm not sure why that is, um, but it happened last year. Uh, NMU got a split down there, but that first game was atrocious. That might have been the worst game I've seen them play all year. And then but they bounced back and got a split. But uh, it's nice not having to go down there, um, only facing them once. And, uh, you know, you wonder how the way college hockey is going. Um, if this is getting closer to be the the last time you'll ever face them, you know, ever face Huntsville or the Alaska schools. So the ever-changing world of college hockey is always interesting in that regard. I tell you what, a few other things that stood out to me, the 
Great Lakes invite no longer on Northern schedule. Instead, the team's opting to go to Grand Forks and take on North Dakota. And obviously, Grant is from that area. That's his hometown and gets to coach in front of his friends and family, which I'm sure is going to be a fun experience for him. Um, I imagine he's uh, looking forward to it. Uh, it's a big um, series for the Wildcats, too, because North Dakota is a traditional powerhouse. They won eight national titles, second most in the country. Um, they always sell out their games. Uh, it'll be a huge, massive crowd they'll have to pay in front of. Uh, probably their largest in a while. Because uh, I think the Ralph, depending on, can range between eleven and 13,000. So um, I'm trying to remember the last time they played an arena that big, and it's probably been a while. My guess, <laughs> maybe going back to the 2010 uh, appearance in the national tournament when they played at the X. Um, there's not that many college hockey arenas of that size. So that'll be pretty cool for them. Grant coming back home, I'm sure he'll get a nice reception. Um, there's also a Saturday-Sunday series. Mm -hmm. Oh, that'll be a, a little tweak in the schedule. Um, I think they had to make it that way to be able to fit in North Dakota into their schedule. Um, it's disappointing that they're getting out of the GLI. That was uh, something I was kind of looking forward to. I was debating about maybe going and attending it, potentially covering it. Um, but uh, that's disappointing. But uh, I, I understand why they did it. Um, if you're trying to get North Dakota in, it would be way too quick of a turnaround to do that big tournament, especially now that they don't do it. They're doing it at the end of the month now instead of, you know, the weekend of Christmas. Um, so that makes it difficult on the team. They'd be playing like a Tuesday, Wednesday, and then having to turn around and play a series that same week. It'd be really difficult. So they chose UND. It'd be a fun road trip. It's going to be um, – I've heard some fans are going to go out there. Um, they're probably going to um, – They'll probably be dwarfed by the large amount of North Dakota fans. But uh, the good thing is is that uh, the students will most likely still be on Christmas break. So um, it probably won't be as intimidating as an atmosphere as it typically would have been. So that'll work in the Wildcats' favor. Well, I tell you, Ryan, you got some ties out to that area. You think about heading over? Uh, I'm actually putting a lot of thought into it. Uh, you, um, I graduated, uh, I actually not graduated, my wife graduated from UND. I went to UND, um, uh, spent, watched a lot of hockey games there, and uh, it's, a, it's a fun place. Uh, during, I mean, Grand Forks is uh, not exactly the most attractive place when it comes to January. <laughs> when the wind's blowing, it's about 50 below outside, but uh, it's Hockey's the thing up there. Everybody gets into it, and uh, it should be a fun series. I know uh, my family goes up and does a big family reunion at the Ralph for uh, hockey games each year with my relatives and stuff like that. It's a big get-together. It used to happen when the WCHA um, had the Final Five at the X. That used to be the big get-together, but now it's becoming a UND series. And now that an MU's coming to town, there's a – pretty good chance that I'll be able to go and my wife will pack along and that'll be I'll get to be able to be a part of the reunion so that'll be fun. Ryan here's a crazy idea that I've I don't know how much uh, thought I have put into this or how realistic it is but let me run this by you because I, I'm considering putting some of these uh, journalistic media creds to good use uh, heading over to the UND series heading over to Grand Forks and the day before would be the New Year's Classic at Target Field, provided everything goes on time. I'm thinking maybe a road trip straight through, hit Target Field on New Year's Day, and then the second and third head over to Grand Forks. You know what? That was actually my plan, too. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, we might make it a road trip. We might have to <laughs> put some thought into making that happen. But I tell you what, um, a few other things on the uh, schedule, on the Northern Michigan hockey schedule that was released on Wednesday. Um, Colgate is coming over for a uh, two-game set on Thanksgiving weekend, which could also be a fun one, part of the non-conference schedule. And then a few other notables, uh, Mankato, a trip to Mankato early in the year. You got to go there, I think, uh, first or second weekend in November. Uh, that's that's a toughie early on in the schedule. It, it is. It's a tough opponent to have early, but I'd rather get uh, Mankato early when you're still trying to find your legs 
than trying to get Mankato when uh, is in a crucial situation. Like NMU, when they played Mankato up here, um, they needed desperately to get a victory. And um, it, uh, they were able to get a split and play fairly decent against them. But uh, just to go on the holiday break with some momentum. And uh, I, I'd rather have, if I was the hockey team, I'd rather play a, a great team at the start where you're still trying to figure things out. And if you get dealt a sweep, it's not as devastating than if you were to play them later in the year or in a time where you desperately need a victory. So uh, NMU ended up with some favor there. Um, Colgate, uh, it's an interesting. They had Cornell, you know, the previous two years. Now they have Colgate, another ECAC school. Um, Colgate's been a fairly solid program last few years they've made the ncaa tournament they've uh put up some solid seasons um their team names the raiders i don't know if a lot of people would know that but that's what they're called <laughs> um i which is funny because they don't really acknowledge the raider part their logo is c with gate inside it <laughs> so um but yeah uh, it, it'll be a fun i, I like an unconference series because you get to see teams that you normally wouldn't get to see and it adds a little something uh it's over thanksgiving break so the students won't really be there so i'm hoping that uh, fans will show up and be able to create a good atmosphere because uh whenever the students are there it kind of takes the element out of it and uh you kind of need a, the crowd to make up for that i watched nmu fans do that i've also not watched them do that so um, i'm hoping it's uh the former on that one I tell you what, the uh, Michigan Tech series, there's the first one in early December, the 4th and the 5th, and then the other would be the final weekend of the regular season, the 26th at Tech, and then the 27th would be the regular season finale at the Barry Event Center. It feels a little strange to me, like it's almost kind of unusual, and it, it probably feels that way more than it actually is to play Tech before Christmas. Like, it, it feels like it's been a lot longer than it probably has been in actuality. Yeah, it's, um, you know, they usually play Michigan Tech right in December and then close it out with Michigan Tech. So it, I, it's, it's kind of appropriate to do it that way, you know. But, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of bad blood there. I know the Wildcats are still very, very sore that their season came to an end, you know, in the first round. Uh, what was a very potentially solid season where the Wildcats were ranked, they were pulling upsets, they were playing really solid, ended up in having that February swoon, and everything just kind of fell apart. Took until the last game of the season to actually get home ice when it looked like it was going to be locked up probably in January. It uh, So I know that's sticking in a lot of the guys' heads, and uh, they're going to want to really – make a statement in all of those games they uh they really don't want to flop against tech and uh i i think they'll probably not <laughs> they're not going to let that happen danner hoops ryan steeg with you here at espn up discussing the northern michigan hockey schedule for the upcoming season which again was released on wednesday we'll take our first time out now when we come back we'll break down the upcoming nfl schedule which was released last night that's next on espn up Marquette's Big Boy Restaurant will be offering Mother's Day dinners for pickup. Baked ham, herb roasted chicken, mashed potatoes and gravy, corn stuffing, sweet potatoes, and a dinner roll for just $12.99. For a dollar extra, you can have it delivered by DoorDash. Give them a call, 226-1062. It's available from 10 until 6 on Mother's Day at Marquette's Big Boy Restaurant. Marquette. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Tanner Hoop. The upcoming NFL schedule was released last night, although it was kind of funny, Ryan, because about 30 minutes before the televised event on ESPN and the NFL Network, 
everybody released their schedule and everybody had it out there anyway. But it was kind of cool seeing the breakdown, uh, getting some interviews out of the way. I, I enjoyed Kirk Cousins being on there. Sean McVay I thought was a good one. And they had several interviews and personalities on to talk about the schedule. But I tell you what, there's a, there's some pretty darn compelling matchups. And it's interesting how they went about doing this, especially with the pandemic and the coronavirus. If we need to push something back, uh, they have a plan for that. But overall, I was yeah, – I'm happy with the schedule. I think it's going to give us some really compelling football, provided everything goes as planned. It's uh, I think uh, everybody has an interesting schedule the way it looks. I mean, there's some teams that start on the road, have a few road games to start. There's some have a lot of home games to start. It uh, it's I I, I love schedule releases because it kind of helps you get excited for the season. And uh, I look forward to it. Uh, I, I was not going to do the three-hour sit-through on analysis, though. As much as I enjoy schedule releases, it, that, that was a little too much for me. But, uh, yeah, um, I am I know Packers fans are liking their schedule somewhat. Um, I know there's that rough stretch where they're having to play uh, San Francisco and Minnesota. And that's going to be kind of brutal, um, but uh, you know, it's uh, that's what, that's what makes it fun, though. You want to see how your team can stack up against good competition. I tell you that the tradition of the Super Bowl champion hosting the first game of the season is coming back, which I'm thankful for. I always liked it when they did that. But it's going to be a fun matchup because it'll be Kansas City hosting the Houston Texans, a team that uh, had a 24-point lead in the playoffs the last time they met. And then, of course, they blew it. Kansas City came back and won that game en route to their Super Bowl championship. So that's going to be a really compelling game on September 10th, the scheduled season opener. And then some of the other primetime games that week, the Rams will be opening up their new stadium, SoFi Stadium. They're going to open that up on Sunday night football in week one when they host the Cowboys. And then the Monday night football doubleheader, I mean, who knows what we get with this. We have the Steelers and the Giants and then the Broncos and the Titans. They do that doubleheader in week one. Um, I guess the Monday night games are fine, but it's those first two, those first two primetime matchups that really get me. The the, the Chiefs game is going to be great. Uh, I think uh... – I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's a great way to season opener. The, the thing you always expect, you know, the uh, the defending champ will be hosting a game, but you always wonder who is it going to be against. And uh, I think having Houston do that, because that would it, it creates a great picture, and everybody can remember what happened last year. I mean, I thought Houston was cruising in that game. I thought if they could have this wrapped up by halftime. And then that massive collapse in the second quarter, it uh, stuck the fork in them. And uh, once Kansas City gets going, they're hard to stop. So it, uh, that was an entertaining game. It's going to be a fun opener. You have Dallas and the Rams. And the only reason I can think why that would be the Sunday night game is simply because the Rams are opening their stadium. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would have a Dallas team. I mean, yeah, it's the Cowboys, but like, it's they're not a very good Cowboys team. And the Rams took a big step back from you know making the Super Bowl, you know, two years ago. So it's that's about the only thing I can think of on why that's the Sunday night football game to start the year. And then with Monday night, it's like you have a bad Giants team and a so-so Steelers team. And the only reason I can think there is, hey, two big fan bases. <laughs> That's why we're doing that. And then, what is it, Broncos-Titans? Yep. Is that you said? Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, the Denver Broncos, who, by the way, announced their schedule in a weird full house kind of a way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there, there's a lot of teams that come up with creative ways to announce their schedule. I think the what the Falcons did last year was just iconic, their Game of Thrones introduction. Mm -hmm. And then the Jaguars did their weird cat montage that came out. <laughs> and the Ravens did kind of like a game show thing. Those are interesting, but then the Broncos just fell flat. Uh, I mean, Full House fans liked it, but everybody else was just like, 
That's the sit. That's the sitcom you chose. Really? They're like four <laughs> years too late on that. I mean, was that yeah. when Fuller House came out? Uh, about that, you know, uh, kind of tripping. And then John Elway's on a Segway. Is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> At one point, it was like it was like they tried to be creative, and it just ended up being a mess. But uh, you know, Denver's going all in on Drew Luck. Just like they went all in on the Spolowski, <laughs> so um, I think. I mean, it's an intriguing matchup. I know the Titans, you know, made the AFC Championship. At a point, they looked like they were going to make the Super Bowl. They were really in control in the first quarter, and you were, and even in the first half, they looked fairly solid. Like they, if they, if <laughs> Ryan Tannehill could figure it out, <laughs> you know, it's uh, after his what, 87-yard performance and 78-yard passing performance? If he could just figure it out, you might think they would have uh, put a lot, a little more fight into it and uh, Kansas City wouldn't be able to cruise in the second half. But uh, I, I'm high on the Titans this year. I think they're going to be pretty good. I think, uh, you know, they'll be fighting with the Colts, of course, and fighting with Houston. Um, it, it, the AFC South, which is normally a – one team's kind of above all the others is actually going to be pretty competitive this year, so it'll be fun. But uh, I'm more excited about the Broncos-Titans matchup than I am against the Steelers-Giants because it's just like the Giants are they're not what they were and the Steelers are, they're like that team is like hanging on (laughs) but you feel like their glory days are past them. You're wondering how Mike Tomlin is still there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, so I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued about the second one, but not so much about the first one. Another week one matchup that if not the Thursday night season opener, this is going to be the must watch game would be Tampa Bay at New Orleans. You've got two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You've got someone who's considered the greatest quarterback of all time and his six Super Bowl rings going up against the guy who has thrown more touchdown passes than anybody in NFL history. Breeze against Brady, that's the title fight that it's being billed as. To me, that is the only thing that can rival that Thursday night game as the premier matchup in week one. Right. Um, isn't it insane how signing one guy somehow rolls your prominence as a team? <laughs> <laughs> Five primetime games for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay in no way has justified having five primetime games except because they signed Tom Brady. And it's like, for me, I'm just like, all you need is signing one guy and everybody will pay attention to you. It's 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 weird. But, uh, you know, you wonder, you know, does Breeze still have left in, left in the tank? Does Tom Brady still have left something left in the tank? I think it, it, it's it's a really intriguing game, and in the fact that you have two legendary, two future Hall of Famers going at it. And but for me, it's like Drew Brees is still for putting up good yards, but you can tell the age is getting to him. Tom Brady was not that great last year. No. He was not that great in the Super Bowl the year before, and you wonder how much he has left. Tom Brady's last pass as a Patriot was a pick six that the game for the Texans. It was it was like Brett Favre for the Packers. Again. <laughs> it, was, it was like it's a weird thing, um, and it's just I'm I'm kind of hoping he does have some success in Tampa because uh, just to see because you know whenever quarterbacks switch teams late in their career, you either have like kind of a almost a resurrection of your talents like Peyton had you know he was trying to starting to falter in the Colts went to the Broncos made two Super Bowls mm-hmm. one of them you know kind of like a rejuvenation and that or and I mean Joe Montana even when he went to the Chiefs from the Niners I mean he was replaced by Steve Young but he had a couple solid years he led the Chiefs to the playoffs led them to the AFC championship game you know, lost to the Bills. Um, the last year, the Bills were legitimately good. <laughs> and uh, so that's the fun part. Or are you going to completely tank and just you're wondering what you're doing? Like uh, Joe Namath when he was with the Rams or Johnny Unitas when he was with the Chargers. Or, you know, just, you know, it, it's that, it, is it going to be 
exciting to watch with Tom, or is it going to be sad to watch with Tom? <laughs> and uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping it's the former, but because everybody's high on Tampa right now, mm-hmm. you know, but that Gronk now, they got Brady. This is are the Bucks going to be hosting the Super Bowl and they're going to be playing in it? And I'm trying to say, no, they're not. They've <laughs> got flaws on defense. That old line is terrible. Yeah, you got skilled players, but to win the Super Bowl, you actually have to have uh, either electrifying greatest offense ever or you have to have both, <laughs> a good defense and a great offense. And it, uh, I just... I don't see that happening. I see them potentially as a playoff team. I could see them maybe getting in, you know, um, but uh, I don't think they're going to – I don't. they're not a Super Bowl team this year. Um, and But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to see if Tom – I'd love it if Tampa wears their creamsicle jerseys for mm-hmm. this one this year because I told my wife I would actually maybe go out and buy a Tom Brady creamsicle <laughs> jersey. If they wear them, if they're just going to wear their pewter and, I don't know, scarlet. That's not scarlet. That's <laughs> whatever Tampa's share, shade of red is, then I'm not going to. But if they wear a cream jersey, I'll go buy one. So. I, I tell you, we have that quarterback battle in week one. How about the one in week three? We had the older generation. Now we have the newcomers, the last two NFL MVPs. We have the reigning NFL MVP against the Super Bowl MVP with the Chiefs and the Ravens. And they've played twice already, Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes have throughout their careers. The Chiefs have won two nail-biters in those matchups, but but that's going to be so much fun. Two contrasting styles of quarterback play, Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes, two guys that you could say are the best. You can make the argument, at least, that they're the best at their position right now. That might be the quarterback matchup of the year. Um, if Brady and Breeze gets the hype that it does. Yeah, you could say that the Jackson Mahomes is even better. I think it is even better um, because Breeze and Brady are on the edge of their end of their careers, whereas these two guys are, in my opinion, the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. One just won a Super Bowl, ending a long drought for a very passionate fan base, and you have another who had so many doubts that people are like, he should play wide receiver. He shouldn't be a quarterback and has won an MVP award, electrified Baltimore. Um, and also the Ravens flopped in the playoffs against the Titans. And I want to see if they're going to figure it out, if that was just a fluke thing, if they're going to bounce back, are they going to be the team to beat in the AFC North again? I think they will be. Um, and it's just, that's, uh, it's, it's going to be a great matchup. Um, I like Pat Mahomes. I love Lamar Jackson. I think they're interesting because Drew Brees and Tom Brady were straight up drop back quarterbacks that weren't very mobile. And then you have two guys who are very mobile and can throw on the run and, you know, can run the ball very well. It's just, uh, it's very a big contrast and uh, creates two very different matches. I tell you what, that was going to be a fun one to look forward to coming up in week three. There's a few other notable games that I do want to break down. Uh, we do need to take a break, so we'll do so after the break and continue on. Plus, big news from the MHSAA today. That's next on ESPN-UP. Attention small business owners in the Upper Peninsula. We know that being a small business owner was challenging before COVID-19, and now as uncertain economic times unfold, there are new concerns. Please visit www.update906.com for resources to support you, including a UP-based team to help navigate programs designed to help support businesses. Update906.com is your trusted resource. Hello, this is Kelly George, President and CEO of MBank. We understand that there is a lot of uncertainty right now, but you can rest assured knowing your money is safe and secure with MBank. We remain in sound financial condition with strong levels of capital and liquidity to serve your financial needs, and our dedicated and experienced staff is here to help you through this challenging time. We have created a COVID-19 loan relief program to help alleviate some of the financial pressures you may face as a result of illness or workplace changes. Additionally, MBank is serving as a financial resource to small businesses in our communities, as we will be a primary 
primary processor for the various new SBA loan programs as a preferred lender partner of the SBA. As we collectively navigate these uncertain times and work together through social distancing measures to help mitigate the spread of the coronavirus, the safety and well-being of our employees, customers, and the communities we serve remains our top priority. We also remain focused on continuing to provide our essential services to you and thank you for your patience and flexibility. Please stay healthy, please stay safe, and good wishes to you all. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Tanner Hoops. forward Brandon Leipzig after screenshots of an Instagram group chat he was on were leaked to the public. The messages were derogatory in nature toward women, including several wives and girlfriends of current NHL players. Leipzig also disparaged his line mates, calling them losers. Leipzig's younger brother Jeremy was also part of the group chat. He was kicked off the University of Manitoba hockey squad earlier today. Brooklyn Nets general manager Sean Marks says Kevin Durant returning from injury this season if the start of the playoffs are dela- are, is delayed would be unrealistic. And finally, panda bears on a daily basis can consume anywhere between 20 to 40 pounds of bamboo. I, I've heard about, you know, pandas being able to do that. It, uh, they're, well, to be honest, that's they're kind of isolated. They have their own little tiny little province. They have, they're just basically kicked back and eat all day. <laughs> you know, they're big bears, um, and they have a bunch of bamboo. That is the extent of their day. They lounge around, they sleep, and they eat. So uh, they're fascinating creatures. I love pandas, and uh, but uh, I'm not surprised at all that they can pack away that much bamboo. So. The life of a panda kind of sounds pretty darn good, doesn't it? You eat, you sleep, you're left alone. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's no real predators around you. You're just hanging out, you know. (laughs) They're peaceful creatures. Yeah, throw a TV in there, and you're basically (laughs) what people are at right now. You're just hanging out, kind of. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you here in ESPN-UP. Delighted to have you along as always. A few other notable matchups from the NFL schedule release, and I want to go to week six now, Ryan, because they were our – or at least there is one uh, really, really fun matchup, and that's going to be the Packers and the Buccaneers, Tampa Bay against Green Bay. And last year, I think it was last, or was it two years ago, that Rodgers and uh, Brady met, I think it was two years ago, they met on Sunday night football, and the Packers and Patriots weren't scheduled to play again until maybe 2022, I think, and people were saying, man, this could be it. This could be the last time that we ever get to see Rodgers and Brady go up against each other and now we get we, we get that again we get to see Rodgers and Brady match up and you know the Packers weren't very good two years ago that was the year that uh, coach McCarthy was fired and the Packers failed to make the playoffs and uh, you know I, I, I think they're going to be more on a level playing field this year I think it's going to be a really fun matchup when Rodgers and Brady meet up and we do get one more chapter in that book yeah it's a uh... That's going to be a great thing to see. I know the Packers fans have insisted for years that, you know, Rodgers is better than Brady. And, uh, you know, Brady's time has passed. People should be, you know, high on the Rodgers train. And, uh, you know, with Brady now in Tampa and having a completely different offense and different teammates to throw to, it does add a little extra element. And going back to what I said about Tom earlier, He's with a different team now. Can Tom prove to everybody that it wasn't just Bill Belichick that brought him success, that he can win in another team? Because if he can do that and be successful there, then he can pull to end that argument. But uh, getting back to Rodgers and Brady, it's going to be a highly anticipated matchup. I know people are on Twitter that follow me are just amped to see it. They want to, um, they're intrigued. They want Rodgers to make the case that he's better than he is. And uh, it's a great showcase for the league as well. So. I tell you what, uh, the following week, 
we have a matchup that I think is kind of going under the radar. I don't think enough people are talking about it, but I feel like people should talk about it more. And that's the matchup between the Patriots and the 49ers. And we all know what happened a few years ago. The Patriots decided to go with Tom Brady for a few more years at quarterback and deal Jimmy Garoppolo out. Now Jimmy's in San Francisco. I'm not going to say he led the team to a Super Bowl last year, but he quarterbacked that team and made it to the Super Bowl. And now he makes his return to New England. He matches up against Belichick, and there's no more Tom Brady. Now it's Jared Stidham, presumably, who he's going to go up against. So this is a chance for Jimmy Garoppolo to really stick it to the Patriots, to show them what they missed. If they can go into Foxborough and get that win, he can make the case and say, boy, you should have kept me. Look at what you're missing. I think if Brady would have been there, it'd probably be the better thing to say. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, if you look at it, with Brady being gone and who the Patriots are basically stuck with, had they kept him, I think they'd be in better shape than they are right now. I mean, you know, we've talked about the show. I mean, if you look at the Patriots, they probably have the worst quarterback in the NFC East. And when was the last time that happened? Yeah. Uh, so it's... I think it'd still be a great way to sh- to stick it to his former team, but I think it lost a little bit of luster with Tom being gone now. So, uh, but still, it's 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 an interesting game. I'll definitely be watching it because uh, w- what can be more fun than watching a guy get revenge against a team that kind of slighted him a little bit? So, in Week Ten, we have a rematch of one of the best games from last year, where the 49ers pulled out a 48-46 victory and a last-second field goal against New Orleans they will match up again in week 10 I mean if anything the storyline there is that it's going to be a really entertaining game or at least if it's anything like it was last year it um you know again going back to what I um said about Drew Brees is this kind of where he's at in his career is he's starting to get to the end um you know he had a great duel with Garoppolo last year and We'll see it happens again. I mean, you look at what Jimmy did last year, and you're wondering, he quarterbacked into the Super Bowl, but how much of that was really on him? Mm-hmm. I think if you were to beat Drew Brees and have another big win like that and get the Niners into a you know a deep playoff run, I think he could cement his status as he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. So um, it's another cool matchup. It, it, Really, the league's really all about the quarterbacks, isn't it? Mm. Whenever there's a big primetime thing or a big game, it's all about quarterback versus quarterback. And uh, it's a little disappointing. I wish, you know, if there's a game like, you know, like this defense against that defense, mm. I think that'd be a cool thing. But uh, it's all about quarterbacks, and it's fun to talk about. But a little change would be good for me, I think. This uh, The following week, we have an, an interesting matchup. And going back to something you said earlier, Ryan, where the Ravens just kind of fell flat in the postseason against Tennessee. Well, they get their chance in Week 11 to prove that was a fluke because they are going to host the Titans in Week 11. Yeah, and uh, are the Titans going to shock them again? I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, it's a great time for Ryan Tannehill to make the case that he deserved that big deal that he got from the titans and it gives the ravens a chance to redeem themselves um i think it really took a little bit of the there was so much talk about the ravens how it looked like they had you know with the exception of the chiefs that you know they would just roll through the playoffs and lock up a super bowl bid and they didn't and of course people are saying well maybe they weren't that good to begin with and i think this kind of game would, you know, make people look at them back in the light that they used to be. And so that's an also fun game. Another one that uh, is going to be fun, and, you know, we don't need to spend time on this one, but Week 12, the Chiefs visit Tampa Bay, and, of course, that's another Brady-Mahomes matchup, and we've talked about it all all kinds of, uh, <laughs> all kinds of times uh, on this show um, about the quarterbacks. You know, when you build that quarterback, it's like a title fight. Uh, so Breeze against Brady will meet. Uh, for the fourth time in their careers, and Brady leads a series 2-1. to one. But here's a game, Ryan, that I kind of, you know what, it sounds weird, and it's going to sound weird when I say uh, what this matchup is, um, but bear with me here. Week 13, 
the Bengals visit the Dolphins. And that, I know that sounds weird, but last year we were thinking, you know, they're going to meet in week 16, I think, and they might both be winless by then. It could be literally the toilet bowl. And I think that was kind of the narrative or the motivation to watch that game. This year, though, it could be our first look at Joe Burrow versus Tua Tungavailoa, who should have been the number one overall pick. Um, I know the Bengals and Dolphins aren't set to have really good years, but that in, in itself, Burrow against Tua, might be worth watching. Yeah, it, well, last year was worth watching to see if both of them were going to be winless <laughs> at that point. So it was a whole different, let's watch this disaster and see what comes out of it. And then it's like a, it's like a car wreck, yeah. you know? Yeah, you drive past. You got you. You got to watch it. You you don't. You shouldn't watch it because it's going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. But you, you, everybody watches it. So now you got two rookie quarterbacks with a lot of hype. You can say that they were the two best quarterbacks available in the draft. One of them's trying to come off of an injury, trying to be the what the Dolphins have been searching for ever since Dan Marino retired. And then you have. <laughs> What the Bengals have tried to have, and they have tried, they've been looking for a franchise quarterback forever. They had, I mean, they had Ken Anderson and Boomer Esiason, and then it's been kind of like a revolving door on who it's going to be. Andy Dalton had a brief period of time where you wondered if he was going to kind of blossom. He had that pretty good season, you know, mm-hmm. and and you're like, is this is he going to take that next step? And he definitely did not, <laughs> and he took the big step backward, and he's shown that he's not going to be the guy. So now you're wondering, Joe Burrow had arguably the best season in NCAA history from a quarterback standpoint and won a national championship. Now you got to see, is he worth the hype? I mean, he was the consensus number one pick basically like, like what, like the <laughs> – midway point of the college football <laughs> season last year. So it was, you know, I want to see if he's going to live up to the hype. I don't like to judge players on rookie seasons, especially if they're going to bad teams, because it takes a lot to turn a team like that around. Mm-hmm. But you can see, I mean, Peyton Manning wasn't Peyton Manning his rookie season. Right. You know? um, so you that's going to be a lot of fun to me is I want to see if they've, if they're going to show that they have the talent to turn a team around and if they're going to live up to at least somewhat of the hype that they have coming in. So that's a fun matchup uh, from a wholly different perspective than it was last year. A couple other matchups I want to bring up to you before we talk a little bit about the MHSA and what they announced today. And they both come out of week 15, one being Odell Beckham facing his old team. The Browns will visit the Giants. Now it's not, Odell's first trip back to New York because he played the Jets at MetLife Stadium last year on Monday Night Football, and he started it with a bang. He had a massive, what, 89-yard touchdown grab. But it'll be his first time visiting the Giants as a member of the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, and I know that's going to be another one of those games. It's not You're not watching for the, for the quality of play. You're watching because of that storyline. Uh, but the other game that week that you will watch for the game itself would be the Chiefs and the Saints. And I tell you, Ryan, that is a potential Super Bowl preview. Um, Very much so. You know, I think the Chiefs, along with the Ravens, are going to be the favorites again in the AFC. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Saints. I mean, I've mentioned so many times now, <laughs> you know, but, you know, is this kind of like Drew's last run? You know, he's getting up there. He's in his late 30s, approaching 40. You know, is he... Or is he 40? I can't remember how old he is. Um, Yeah, I think he's 40 at least. Okay, okay, yeah. So he's, you know, Brett Favre, his last year of true excellence was when he was 40. You know, is this Drew's last chance to make a Super Bowl? You know, two years ago, the Saints, by all logic, should have made the Super Bowl. And, you know, they had that costly pass interference penalty. So had the Saints made it that would have been his last real chance to prove himself and now they um they lost to the vikings they've lost to the vikings again in the playoffs and it's just kind of like 
you wonder if it's ever going to happen for him again. I feel like this might be the last year he has where it could. So there's another, it's a potential Super Bowl matchup, and it's going to be a lot of questions going on there with Drew Brees, too. I'm glad that you brought up the Vikings because I, I should have included that. The Vikings and Saints on Christmas Day playing in the afternoon, and you know that I like what Kirk Cousins said uh, last night when he was talking with Trey Wingo. It'll be the first time he's played on a Friday since high school, but the Vikings and Saints, and we all know the history with those two, the Vikings upset New Orleans in the playoffs last year, and two years ago, the Minneapolis Miracle. So that one I know is going to be really fun uh, to tune in and check in on. Um, before we hit the break here, I know we're coming up on it. Some big news from the MHSAA earlier today, Ryan, and I know this is going to make a lot of coaches in our area happy. I'm hoping to get some of them on next week. Uh, but we... Uh, we are finally going to get uh, a reward for teams who are the top one, two, whatever seeds in their respective districts. You know, we were all kind of excited that there was going to be a seeding process implemented last year, but it was totally at random. And I know a lot of coaches were disappointed at how it came out. It was almost a punishment. I know it was in Westwood, uh, the girls' basketball districts. It was a punishment to be the number one seed. Well, this year, they're going to reward you for it, that if you have a 16 district, the top two seeds are guaranteed buys. Um, if you are in a five-team district, the top seed is guaranteed a buy. I know that would have benefited the Menominee girls basketball team, but I know that's a welcome change that a lot of teams around here are going to be really happy about. Yeah, I mean, I've had people, coaches and, you know, fans and, you know, long-time um, you know, journalists up here have said that that's been something people have wanted for a long time because there's been so many times where two really good teams will have to play in the first round. Teams with state championship aspirations, one of their seasons will end in their first game. They won't get a chance to really make the run that they want to, and uh, that was really disappointing. So now that they're doing this, I think it'll make a lot of people happy because when you think about it you if you're the top seed you should get a buy mm -hmm. you know you've proven yourself you shouldn't have to play a really good team in the first round i mean you look at the ncaa tournament you know the top teams in the country don't play a two seed in the mm -hmm. first round of the ncaa tournament you play a 16 or a 15 seed and then eventually you pay the better teams, you know, maybe in the Sweet 16 or Elite 8, stuff like that. You don't have that right away. And uh, I think this is a decision that should have happened a long time ago, but I'm glad they finally got around to it. I mean, football's been seeded for, for how long now? I don't know why it wouldn't have been the same way with basketball. If, I mean, in the case of, you know, just to give our listeners a better idea of what we're talking about here, uh, you would uh, have, like, two teams get seeded, um, but the bracket would be so random. It would just be, you know, if you're, if you end up being the one seed, you are going to play this game and you're going to play the four seed, no matter who that is. And the two seed is going to play the six seed or whatever, whatever combination you want. And in some cases it was almost an incentive not to be the number one seed in Westwood, uh, girls basketball. In their case, they had two road games as the one seed, two out of three possible road games in the district tournament and had to go on the road to play the two-seed in the district title game. And this is just a welcome change that, again, like you said, it should have happened a long time ago. One other notable decision that came down from the MHSA earlier today, um, teams, uh, basketball specifically, were, uh, and this is something that was different when I moved to Michigan, Ryan, because it wasn't the case in Iowa where players can play both JV and varsity. They can't play a, uh, more than six quarters a night. Well, it was totally separate in Michigan until now. Now the MHSA is allowing players to play no more than five quarters on a given night or I think 20 quarters in a given week. So it will give players the opportunity if you know they can get some minutes on the JV and then come up and be on the bench for varsity. And it, it, they're doing it to help, uh, help programs hopefully expand their numbers. But it's a notable change. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. Maybe it works out that way. Maybe it works out as intended, but it's definitely a notable change. It, uh, and it's nice that they're getting around to doing these kind of changes that have, people have been asking for. And uh, 
I think this is another welcome one that uh, I think will benefit a lot of teams uh, to give that kind of moving up chance for players. Uh, I, it's it's just like I said, it's disappointing it's taken this long, but I think it's it's a good thing for everybody involved. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you in ESPN UP. Let's take our last time out when we come back to Friday Funnies to finish out the week next on ESPN UP. Lawns and gardens grow better on topsoil than on rocks. Ishpeming Concrete is now open for you to get your planting season started. Get a half yard of topsoil gently loaded into your pickup truck for just 18 bucks. That's a whole lot less than the 25 bags you'd need from the home store. Sweeten up your plantings and fix your lawn from the ravages of winter. Topsoil, the sun side of Ishpeming Concrete, 400 Stone Street behind Robbins Flooring, open weekdays 8 till 4.30, locally owned with a total commitment to quality. There's no contact paying with a credit card, and you don't need to leave your vehicle. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Tanner Hoop. Store Google Play. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. We're delighted to have you along this Friday afternoon as we wind down our what turned out to be a snowy work week, but we end the week with the Friday funnies per usual. Ryan is kind enough to dig up some of the funniest things that happened in the world of sports over the week. Ryan, what do you have? Uh, well, we'll start off uh, with a uh, celebrity crash as the uh, a team's virtual uh, meeting that they had. The Seahawks were... Uh, you know, getting everybody together to talk, you know, via, via Zoom, like so many of us are doing right now with our jobs. And then they thought that they were meeting Greg Olson. Greg Olson, the tight end from the Panthers, he signed a one-year deal to come to Seattle. Instead, it was Will Ferrell that ended up crashing <laughs> the, the party. Um, he kind of dressed like Greg Olson. He had the skull cap on his head. Um, he made a pitch for how great Greg Olson is. He uh, created a play called 90 Go Flywheel Kanye Starburst (laughs) (laughs) and insisted that the team include that in their play calling strategies this year. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the play was, but uh, that's what he called it, um, which honestly sounds like an NFL play when you really think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And he also says that he does not play on special teams and in the off season, he only does yoga to stay in shape. He's not about lifting weights. He's not about going running, any of that kind of stuff. So that's what you'd get if you had Will Ferrell as a super <laughs> as the NFL teammate. Do you remember a few years ago when there was a double-A baseball team, I think in Texas, and they sent a new pitcher. They just signed a pitcher, and they sent him out for his debut. It turned out to be Will Ferrell. Will Farrell was dressed up as a minor league pitcher. They introduced him in everything and had him go out onto the mound. Uh, I don't know what the alias was, but it was ridiculous. And I tell you what, he uh, I remember his Saturday Night Live skits of uh, portraying George W. Bush, and I almost feel like he could pull off a pretty good Pete Carroll. And honestly, in his, his W skits, I thought he actually looks more like Pete Carroll than he does George Bush. <laughs> Um, he had the uh, he had the mannerisms for George Bush. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> but uh, he, he, I, don't, I don't think he was just as, as old enough to make it look uh, to look as much as George Bush. But uh, very much the Pete Carroll look. I I'm waiting for him to do that kind of impression. Mm-hmm. Um, here's Teddy Bridgewater, who made us all look awful with our fitness plans. On Saturday, he went for a 74 mile bike ride. Oh my gosh. Oh, I, I just, I like riding bikes, but I can't imagine just going 74 miles just because, oh. you know? I mean, it was like, and people ride bike races all the time. I know people who ride, do bike marathons and stuff, but to just, he went from North Miami to West Palm Beach. I... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his legs must have just been killing him. Oh, I'm sure. That. I just, I, I, I can't justify doing that. Even if you're, you're just wanting to get some exercise, you're going out and have fun. I highly doubt there's going to be anybody in the UP that's going to be driving from Marquette 
and biking to like Escanaba <laughs> or like, you know, or biking from Marquette to, I don't know, Munising or something like that. And consider that like a daily part of their workout. It's just, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And for, I mean, he makes us all look bad, but I just, I had a feeling he was going to regret that. You know, you know? If, if you were to ask me which NFL player, like if, your life depended on a NFL player riding a bike or something like that. I'd say Saquon Barkley. I mean, those thighs I just probably don't get tired. Uh, but maybe, maybe it's Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe that's the answer I should have given. I mean, he did blow out his knee. Well, maybe that was his knee, but man, that yeah, I, I, he, I don't know. He, he maybe he rehabbed it so well that he can take that kind of pain <laughs> or something like that. I'm, I mean, more power to him for being able to do that. Um, are you a video gamer? Oh, yeah. You like playing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Have you ever gotten to the point where you just got so mad at how you were doing in your game, you just kind of lost it? Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, Pelicans forward Josh Hart uh, apparently was playing Call of Duty online and uh, had a atrocious outing and uh, decided to just destroy his keyboard. <laughs> so... I've never reached that point. I've gotten frustrated where, like, I couldn't get past a certain stage, and I've tossed my controller onto the futon <laughs> where I'm so frustrated, you know. But I've never destroyed something, been that upset with myself. So I don't know if you have, but I have not. So. I've, I've never physically destroyed equipment, no. Um, so I hope I never get to that point. So I'm uh, – I try to keep, now that I've seen that, I'll make sure to keep my emotions in <laughs> whenever I'm playing video games. Um, do you, would you ever go and try to spend time in a Disney park by yourself? That kind of sounds sad. Well, some guy did. And um, for those who don't know, Discovery Island used to be one of their you know, smaller parks that they had. It wasn't one of their big theme parks like Magic Kingdom or any of that kind of stuff. It was a smaller one inside Disney World, but it's been abandoned since 1999, ever since um, they decided to build Animal Kingdom, which overshadowed it, because Discovery Island was more of a animal kind of featured park. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a guy who was caught camping out on Discovery Island <laughs> a couple of days ago. He said he was planning to stay a week, and considered it a tropical paradise. And uh, let's just say they found him, escorted him from the park, and banned him from ever coming back <laughs> to Disney World. I'm, if you were going to try to do that, that's probably the one to go to because yeah. it's, you know, people have tried to sneak onto it and have like hidden footage of how the islands kind of become overgrown and it's become so abandoned that nobody's paying attention to it. Um, you probably could get away with it. You could. Without being noticed. So I'm wondering what he did to kind of set it up. Did, like, you set up a tent, like, right in a clearing where people could see you? Or did, like, you trip an alarm or something? Because I, if, you know, abandoned places, they're not really paying attention to you. So I'm wondering what he did. But uh, he was planning to stay a week. So what do you... It's a good way to social distance. Yeah, I mean, why would you just stay a week? No, if you could, if you could get away with it. <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, you want to camp yeah. out? I mean, I don't know what this guy's like. If he's an outdoorsy type of guy or what? It's uh, maybe that was his plan to social distance or whatever, kind of quarantine himself. It, it was. It reminds me of a story Levitard was telling a few weeks ago on his show that he went to a grocery store right when this was starting to get all crazy with the pandemic and the quarantine, and he was going to buy some chicken. He was going to, you know, apparently wanted to cook or fry some chicken or whatever, and the store was sold out of chicken. Some guy bought all the chicken in the store because he was planning to take his boat out to the middle of the ocean and quarantine there. Um, that's a lot of chicken. Yeah, but he was stocked up. I, I wonder if he's still out there. Um, either he's, he's probably will be permanently out <laughs> at this point. Um, if you go and out to sea, 
and are planning to do that, chances are you're not going to come back. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> just permanently adrift in the ocean Yikes. is what he'll do. Um, so Mike Fleiss, who created The Bachelor, has had thoughts on what baseball can do to start the season. And the first part I like, and the second part is a little way out there. Mm-hmm. Since they're not going to have fans, most likely, um, he says you should mic up the players like they were doing during, you know, the All-Star game mm. and use uh, or directional microphones so you can hear everything and, you know, hear the trash talking, that kind of thing, which makes it a lot of fun. I mm-hmm. loved it when they did that. So I like that idea. And then he decided he did create the Bachelor after all, said we should embrace the fact that players might not embrace quarantine. So we're going to load up the stadium with their wives or their girlfriends and make sure they have are at a distance so they can avoid, you know, violations. But the winning team after each game will have their wives get tested and then they will get a conjugal visit after the game. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, I... Well, because they're like, well, they won't see their families. This will get some alone time with their significant others. I'm like, man, this is really out there. But this is the creator of the bachelor, so you know, I'm I'm really not surprised at the same time. No. So, uh, how much time we got left? Oh, we got a couple minutes. Okay. Um. So, JJ Watt has said that D2, The Mighty Ducks, which I hate, is his favorite movie of all time. Mm. But he will acknowledge that the scene, the final shootout scene, where Gunnar Stahl of the evil Iceland team goes up against Julie the Cat Gaffney, who had not played the entire game, the entire movie, but somehow gets inserted on a crucial shootout, to play against one guy. That, I mean, I already hated that premise when I was watching the movie, but he said it gets even more stupid. And the fact that when she makes the save, he said, you don't see the puck go into the glove. The crowd is completely silent until she flips the puck out. He goes, are you trying to tell me that nobody knew if the puck went into the back? <laughs> <laughs> You know that that actually is my favorite of the Mighty Ducks. I know you don't you're not a fan of it, and I get it. It's got a ton of gaping flaws that I could go on and on about. But I always like international tournaments. But you know I get it. With like, why is Iceland the villain in that movie? I mean, I get it. Maybe it was I think '94 when they came out with that. Maybe it was still too soon to make Russia the villain. Um, I don't know. Canadians, I guess, are too friendly to be the villains, but they pick Iceland, a country that didn't even have international hockey until five years later. And in their first ever international game, they lost 11 nothing to the powerhouse that is Israel. Yes. <laughs> but no, they're, they're the big superpower in this tournament. Yeah, I, it just, it was so bizarre. And, you know, not Sweden, not Finland. Not even Denmark, who's had a decent hockey program over the years. It's Iceland, a team that is literally isolated in the ocean and has really no hockey culture whatsoever. But uh, they were the bad guys. And uh, I just, that part was weird and a bunch of other stuff. But I did like the fact that he pointed out that, are you telling me that nobody in the entire arena knew if it went into the back. Oh, and the fact that Trinidad and Tobago was one of the top countries at that tournament. Like, how did they qualify for for the junior Goodwill Games? Yeah, they they were in there, and it's like with their, you know, Caribbean drums and their, you know. (laughs) Yeah, that was a little bit. I don't know if they could recreate that scene in our modern culture. That, (laughs) to me, is something that was a kind of an egregious stereotype they got away with but man trinidad they only have three ice arenas in the entire country yeah but they can qualify for a tournament like that no no this uh (laughs) this was about as far-fetched of a hockey tournament as you could get and uh yeah the movie has some flaws um uh let's see 
You got time for one or two yeah, more? Yeah, we or? can we can go a little into Will King. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I will go with. Um, we'll start with this one. Women's flag football is going to be a varsity sport at the NAI level mm-hmm. this coming year. It's a two-year partnership with the NFL and NFL flag football. Would you go attend a flag football game? Um, out of sheer curiosity at first, yes. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I've played flag football, and I feel like we're kind of getting desperate <laughs> and trying to find sports to fulfill, like, okay, we have 12 varsity sports. We want to add another one. Let's go esports, or let's go, or you're playing computers, or let's go with um, flag football, which you play when you're, you know, maybe have had a few in the park with your friends. <laughs> you know, it, I feel like we're getting a little desperate. I would show up for one game just to see what it was like, but I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a reach on uh, true athleticism. It's uh, like if you started a varsity ultimate frisbee team. It just is kind of like you know that's probably not out of the question here within the near future. I I, I see that happening too. I, I'm hoping it doesn't, but I'm sure it would. <laughs> um, and we'll end it with this: Louisiana police, not necessarily a sports thing, but it was too funny. Louisiana police are searching for an aggressive chicken that keeps attacking people at a bank. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It it goes up to the ATM, it chases customers, it tries to peck them while they're trying to make withdrawals, and was even tried to climb into cars while they're going through the drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> and the cops can't catch it. They really it's like it runs away before the cops can get there or animal control can get there. So. Louisiana police, I can't remember what town it is, but a, an aggressive chicken is attacking people <laughs> at the ATM and trying to vault into their cars when they're trying to uh, deposit stuff in the drive-thru. We so, have snow in May, a pandemic, uh, murder hornets, and an aggressive chicken. An, ag- an aggressive chi- aggressive poultry that is uh, trying to <laughs> attack us at banks. This is... Uh, Think 2020 is getting vastly out of control, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> now now wildlife is getting involved. So there you go. I tell you what, that's the way to end it here on ESPN UP. Always good having you, Ryan. Stay safe, be well. We'll talk at you next week. All right, that sounds good. That's it for us here in ESPN UP. Thanks for being with me. Back Monday, four Eastern, three Central. Until then, have a great weekend from all of us at ESPN UP WZAM Ishpeming Marquette.